This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 459, Comic Reviews for the week of Wednesday, March 8th. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Chapman, and this is episode 459. It's our Comic Reviews episode for the w- releases from the week of Wednesday, March 8th, recording this on March 17th, which seems to be the way I'm going these days. I'm always recording it a little bit later than I would have liked. Uh, so without further ado, let's talk about some of the comics that came out last week. Uh, first up, I'll talk about some of the comics that did come out, but I did not get a chance to read it, just to acknowledge that they did come out. Um, so last week saw the publication of new issues of Astro City, background and the Birds of Prey, Deathstroke, Flash, Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps, Justice League of America, Justice League Power Rangers, New Superman, uh, Suicide Squad, Supergirl, Superwoman, uh, Rom, Doctor Strange and the Sorcerer Supreme, Guardians of the Galaxy uh, 1.mu, new issues of Gwenpool, Jessica Jones, Kingpin, the launch of the new Man-Thing book, uh, new issue of Mosaic, Power Man and Iron Fist, Silver Surfer, Spider-Man Deadpool, Star Wars, Doctor Aphra, and Unbeatable Squirrel Girl. So with all that being said, what did I actually get a chance to read? Uh, so I read Action Comics 975, which was uh, a big issue. It's kind of interesting to wait. You have a big kind of landmark issue, and it's part two of a storyline, which is kind of funny. It's written by Dan Jurgens, artwork by Doug Monk. At least that's the the main story. Um, and it continues the Superman Reborn story. Uh, suddenly, John is in the house that uh, Clark and Lois were living in and has disappeared. He's trying to figure out what's going on, so he tries to, uh, you know, find uh, the you know dupl- the duplicate Clark Kent and try to figure out what's going on. And that's where things kind of end up getting kind of strange and weird. Um, this villain is morphing into all of Superman's greatest villains as he's trying to get Superman to remember who he is. Uh, and then finally, he's able to remember that it's Mister Mitzaplik. Um, and it just kind of gets weird from there. Uh, and then, like, Mitzaplik is upset that he was, you know, stuck in this prison and Superman didn't come to get him. Superman didn't care about him. Superman forgot about him. And then at the end of the issue, uh, Lois forgets who John even is. And then we get a backup story. Uh, but backup story is maybe the wrong word. It's like half the issue. Uh, it's called The Man in the Purple Hat by Paul Dini and Ian Churchill. And I got to say, this is the most unlike Ian Churchill artwork I've ever seen. Um, I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just, it's very different. And part of it, I guess, goes to the colors by, uh, I guess it's uh, Mike Etia. Um, but also, I guess, the inks, because it's by Churchill himself. It just has a very, he has a very different vibe here. Uh, and I like it. And I think the colors do a big way of selling it. At times, it reminds me of Brian Boland. Um, but you get like all sorts of different kind of visions of different uh, depictions of Superman throughout the years and Mr. Mitzaplik, um, the idea that, you know, and again, I like the history here that we have all these different versions of the, of Mr. Mitzaplik and his, and Superman showing up, uh, which makes kind of sense. There's a lot of meta subtext here. Um, interesting to see where they go with this. I've already read issue Superman 19, which brings me a lot more questions, uh, which came out on the 15th of March, which we'll talk about next week. Um, I like the issue. I don't know how I feel about it being Mr. Mitzaplik and what the whole kind of... uh, to be fair, it's hard for me to look at this issue and review it on its own terms now, just because now I've read part three, and part three goes in di- different directions I don't really like, but I think when I read this, I was like, okay, well, this is interesting, it's different, I'm not really sure where it's going, I'm not really sure what it's part of the Superman Reborn storyline is really going to mean, but I'm, I'm invested enough and interested. I just thought the issue went on a little long. Uh, as I said, it was double-sized, but we have a bunch of pages, which are just two-page spreads of you know Superman fighting classic uh, villains. Uh, just for a page, and then we get the reveal, and then we don't really get to sit with it, and then we have a story that's not even by Dan Jurgens uh, exploring more of 
um, you know, Mitzaplik having John as his kind of a captive and, and what's going on there. Um, so it's interesting. Um, I'm going to give it a seven. I don't think I, I was, I, I'm very too, of multiple minds, but I'm just not quite sure. Uh, next up is Old New Wolverine. This is issue number 18. I can't believe it's already on issue 18. This is, uh, Enemy, Enemy of the State Part, Enemy of the State 2, Part 6. Uh, written by Tom Taylor, artwork by Nick Varela. Um, I really like this. I like the story. I like that, um, you know, it's Laura versus, uh, now I even forget her name, but, uh, Kimura as the villain. And, uh, I like how, it was a nice conclusion, I guess. Um, and... Some aspects I thought were maybe um, cleaned up a little too easily, such as um, uh, the revelation that Laura didn't actually kill anyone. I thought that was maybe letting her off the hook a little too easily. Um, Otherwise, I thought this was pretty good. Although, the fact that she drowns Kimura was pretty intense. And again, it reminds me of, you know, Logan drowned Dakin as well. So that was kind of brutal um, uh, to, to read. Uh, even though the, the character's kind of free. And then after that, it's kind of like a, tries to quickly condense and, and, and make kind of a happy ending, but it doesn't spend any time with the fact that she just murdered this person, and she's not really a killer anymore, so she's trying not to be, and then she takes a life this way. Uh, I did think the issue was great. I think the ending maybe was a little felt a little rushed right at the end, that there could have been more emotional consequences, but maybe we will get that next uh, who knows? And uh, the next issue uh, looks like we're going to be getting uh, her in her uh, new look, which is basically um, Wolverine's X-Force costume. So excited to see what's going on and what the new mission is going to be and what the new direction for the character is going to be uh, now that the storyline has ended. Uh, so I'm going to give it a 7.5 out of 10. Uh, next issue is Captain America Steve Rogers 13. Uh, this is written by Nick Spencer, artwork by uh, Artie Stein and Ted Brandt. Um, color art by Rochelle Rosenberg. So I don't know this creative team, but they did a fairly good job. Although I think at times the artwork on um, uh, Zemo could have been a little bit better. I, I guess I'm just not a huge fan of how they've been showing uh, Helmet Zemo wearing a more loose fitting um, mask than I'm used to. He's wearing something more akin to his dad, less although he doesn't have the fur on it. But um, it's not as tightly kind of wrapped around his head. And I always liked Zemo when it's more of a it's very form-fitting uh, mask. I know it's a stupid thing, but I, just something about it being more loose. I just don't, I, I'm not as huge a fan of the current design for Zemo. Uh, and I don't know if the artwork here quite worked for me in that respect. We get a lot of quick, like I think what, it's four pages of him just you know going to recruit people. Uh, Zemo, that is. But no words. And... I, I'm a fan of this type of stuff, but at the same point, like, after a while, I'm just like, four pages? Like, the comic isn't that long, and you're giving me four pages with no dialogue, where he's just gathering people, and then a page at the end where we see him having gathered everyone, so that's really a total of, like, six pages. It just seemed like a little much. Um, and I guess the whole issue in general felt a little like it wasn't really filling in all the blanks. It wasn't really doing everything that it could have done. It felt like it just kind of, the issue just kind of ended, like, it may be one of the weaker issues in general, but I'm still enjoying the book. It's just not quite as strong as recent issues have been. I'm going to give it a six and a half. Uh, I know that we're ramping up to, for Secret Empire. It just This felt a little bit more like filler and a little bit less interesting. Um, I like the Zemo parts, but again, having all those wordless pages kind of impacted the the sense and um, movement of the issue. The, uh, the pacing was really affected. 
Uh, next up is Detective Comics. This is issue 952. Uh, it's I don't know how to pronounce his name. I realize that the more I, I kind of end up like trying to figure it out. Is it Tinian? Is it Tynan? I don't know. It's James Tynan the fourth, maybe. Um, artwork by Christian Dulce, um, who's the artist. And also Fernando Blanco is, does some of the art as well, as well as Alex Sinclair and John Rauch. The, so and Alan Pasacuala. So there's a lot of different people involved in this. Um, I enjoyed it. Um, the, the idea of the League of Shadows is being uh, you know, continued as a, an idea. Shiva's coming to town uh, to kind of monitor her daughter. Um, interested to see what kind of comes from this. Uh, I liked it. It was a solid issue. Uh, I'm going to give it a, a 7 out of 10. You know, it continues to be a, a fairly consistent book, Detective Comics. Next up is IVX number 6. I'm still not sure how I feel about this. I've had a week to think about it, and I still don't know. Um, I guess overall, I don't think it worked. Uh, Jeff Lemire and Charles Sewell were the writers. The artwork by Lionel Francis Yu. I did think that the artwork felt a little rushed at times. Uh, I guess in ter- what bugs me about the story is it basically amounts to Medusa being like, oh, wait, this cloud is going to make them extinct. Let's get rid of the cloud. Like that, All they had to do was talk about it. And the fact that that actually kind of happens here, and like, why didn't you just talk to us? That kind of bugged me. The idea of Emma turning into a villain and and um, you know having this costume now, which is kind of a combination of White Queen, Magneto, and Cyclops all at once, that kind of makes sense. Um, the idea that she went nuts and... Um, you know, is is not going to be trusted by the heroes anymore at all, and she's kind of back to being a villain because of her dealing with the loss of Scott and her having kind of a breakdown, and that that's what this ended up being was kind of interesting. I guess what bugs me about it though is that, like, obviously resurrection is a new status quo, so we're going to have new stuff. The royal uh, obviously there's differences with what's going to happen with Medusa and the royals and going into space and everything, but none of that really feels set up here. Not that I necessarily want the last issue of an event to be a setup for the next thing or the next status quo per se, but when you're going to have, when you're very clearly ramping up to a big big difference and something's happening and everything's going to be different going forward, and then we have an event like this and you don't really see that, besides the Terrigen cloud going away, what is going to make the X-Men change? What is going to make the X-Men feel different come resurrection? And I don't know, and I don't know if this series gave me a good sense of what that the answer to that question is. And that kind of bugs me because, you know, you're leading into a big ramp up. You're leading into the X-Men universe as being totally kind of a big revamp, even bigger than what we got after Secret Wars when we got the three titles that were launched at the time. This is a big relaunching of the X brand. And yet it doesn't feel like it's really tied to an identity. Uh, at least when we got all new X-Men and uh, Uncanny X-Men that have came out shortly thereafter, after... Um, uh, AVX, it felt like, you know, there's a difference now. Uh, Cyclops is on the run. There's been kind of a shift. Uh, event, you know, there's more mutants in the world. Like, there was a seismic shift that happened at the end. There was a differences. The world was different. And now we're going to have these X-Books that are kind of confronting that. Even though it ended up not really dealing with the fact that there's new mutants in the world. Kind of an uncanny, not really an all-new. All-new ended up being about its own thing. But again, was a reaction to Beast thinking, well, look how far Cyclops has come. I need to fix this. I need to bring us from the past here. I need to screw up with time. This is what needs to happen. So it's just, which is kind of just strange. Uh, so I'm going to give this a six. I, I I feel like it kind of started off much stronger. I don't think it was like a weak ending like other books have been that were event books, but I definitely don't think it necessarily was able to capture the strength and energy that the first issue had. The first issue really sold me. Uh, unfortunately, I don't know if the subsequent issues were quite able to keep me. 
Uh, next up is Nova Number no. Four by Jeff Loveness and Ramon Perez. Ramon Perez is the artist, and color artist is Ian Herring. Um, I really like this. I like that it it comes down to a boy and a girl, and two sides of boys and girls. Uh, as we have uh, Sam going out on a date, and also Richard Rider going on a, a date of, of sorts with uh, Gamora. Uh, and the idea that you know there's something that Nova is dealing with and he doesn't know where really know what to do about this, and at the same time, um, we have you know Sam having a date that goes really well, and then something happening when he gets home, and uh, we don't really get a sense of exactly what that's going to be, but uh, definitely there's there's trouble at the Alexander home. Uh, I like this; I thought it was fun. And I'm going to give it a seven out of ten. Nothing so far has really blown me away this week, but then we have Old Man Logan. Uh, this is issue number uh, 19, I believe. Um, this is by Jeff Lemire and artwork by Philippe Andrade. This is Gone Real Bad, part one of two. Um, I'm not as big a fan of this book one. It's not by Sorrentino. Sorrentino is just so solid that anything that's not solid at Sorrentino is just not quite as strong. Uh, it's interesting to see the idea that Logan just wants to go to the future, wants to find a way to get there. Uh, so he can kind of correct things from his own timeline and no one seems able to help him. So he decides that, um, uh, he's going to break into a prison and try and get someone to help him. Um, I liked it. It was interesting. Um, I'm going to give it a seven again. I wasn't super blown away by anything I actually read, um, of the issues. I mean, the highest I got was 7.5, but at least the lowest I got was six. So it wasn't that bad a week overall. Uh, so if we look forward, uh, to, uh, the following week, and by the following week, I mean two days ago, March 15th, um, some of the highlights coming out on March 15th, there's actually a, a, uh, not a, like a ton, but there's a lot of good stuff. There's, uh, new issues of, let's see, uh, All-Star Batman, Aquaman, Batman, uh, Batwoman, uh, Case Car- Cave Carson as a cybernetic guy, Green Arrow, Green Lanterns, Harley Quinn, um, Injustice Grand Zero. There's the Jack of Fables Deluxe Hardcover Book 1, which is a resolicit, as well as the JSA, the Golden Age Deluxe Edition Hardcover. It's also a resolicit. Uh, we've got new issues of Justice League. Uh, we have new issues of Nightwing, Super Sons. Excited to read that. Superman, uh, Trinity, and Wildstorm. Uh, over at IDW, there's the fifth and final issue of Donald Quest. Uh, there's also a new issue of Mickey Mouse, of Uncle Scrooge, and Walt Disney Comics and Stories, as well as Star Trek Deviations, uh, and a new issue of Revolutionaries. Over at Image, there's a new issue of East of West, number 32, uh, a new issue of Invincible, um, and a new issue of Spawn, 271. And then over at Marvel, there's the 999 Amazing Spider-Man 25, which I haven't actually read yet because... Uh, I just haven't had a chance at $10. Jeepers. Uh, Avengers Initiative Complete Collection Volume 1. That was a great book. I feel like it feels very much of its time, so I'll be interested to go back and read it. Uh, because it, it's, what, almost a decade ago? Like, it came out after Civil War. Which is kind of crazy. It doesn't feel like it's been that long. Uh, new issue of Daredevil. There's uh, Deadpool Classic Volume 17. It's really classic if there's 17 volumes, which is basically getting up the current. Uh, Deadpool the Duck Number 5. Uh, their Excalibur Epic Collection uh, trade paperback, which is The Sword is Drawn. Uh, we also got The Gardens of the Galaxy, Mighty Thor, Mo- the last issue of Monsters Unleashed, uh, Miss Marvel, Punisher, Spider-Man, Star-Lord, Total Awesome Hulk, the second trade paperback of Unbelievable Gwenpool, new issues of Uncanny Avengers and Uncanny X-Men. I believe Uncanny X-Men is the last issue of that book, uh, now that it's kind of ending um, and being replaced. Now we have U.S. Avengers number 4, Venom number 5, um, and uh, I think there's the 18th issue of Archie coming out as well. 
as well as, uh, I think, the Betty and Veronica Comics Annual Digest number 252. Uh, so that's uh, some highlights coming out uh, that were just came out, I should say, that I'll be talking about next week on episode 461. Episode 460 will be a spotlight on Beauty and the Beast episode. Episode 462 will be a spotlight on Power Rangers episode. Uh, 464 will be a conversation with David Banks, um, who's kind of the unofficial godfather of uh, comic binding. Um... That brings us up to, what, 464? Uh, 466, I think, is going to be a conversation with... uh, I'm not sure. Probably Alex Saviak. Uh, 468 will be a conversation with Adam Glass. Uh, After that, then we have episodes with Eric Larson. Um, Oh, there's there's a few others coming up. There's actually a lot of interviews that are going to be coming up. We're going to have an episode with Chuck Dixon, uh, with Graham Nolan, uh, with Chip Zdarsky at the end of May. uh, Or that will actually come out, I think, June 9th. Um, and then there's also going to be, you know, reviews episodes for, um, Guardians of the Galaxy 2 and Wonder Woman. So the next couple of months are actually pretty packed for content. Uh, I got a lot of, uh, interviews coming up, which I'm really excited about and, uh, hope you enjoy them. If you ever want to email me, you can do so at comicshenanigans at gmail.com. Like the show on Facebook, rate, review us on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes, and you can also listen to us on Stitcher. Thanks again for listening to this episode, and make sure to catch us next time in just a couple days for our Spotlight on Beauty and the Beast. Thanks again. We'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.